Greetings to you all. Welcome to Back to Ashes. My name is Phoenix. I would like to give a very special thank you to the reformed members of this channel. Denise S., Seven Leaf Clover, Through Scrutiny, Samantha Place, Lisa Radford, Stephanie McLaren, Corpse Lover, Mana Ash, Norman D.W., Christy Elias, Cindy Cleveland, and Patty's Niece. If you would like to become a member of the channel and also find out what my GoFundMe is about, all of that information can be found down below. If this is your first time here, or if you haven't done so already, don't forget to subscribe like share and comment not only does that help push this video into the algorithm it also reminds you of every time i upload a video with all of that being said it is time to go back to ashes for once we arise from the ashes we are a bigger brighter stronger and a happier person in the morning sit back relax kick back grab a snack or tuck in to get warm and prepare for this dose of vocal melatonin entitled true ouija board stories right after this intro and ad will play. I'll read the first story in ad will play, and after that there will be no more ads within this video. I had a teacher who had a very similar story. This teacher joked around and wasn't really ever serious, but was funny as hell, and an overall good teacher. But... When Ouija boards came up, she got extremely serious and told us her bone-chilling story. She had some friends over one weekend, and they got bored and decided to break out the old household Ouija board. They had asked questions and got weird vibes from some of the answers that they received, but pushed on forward. Finally, someone asked when they would die, and it went around the circle, and everyone got a decent number in the 80s or 70s, but one girl got the age of 19. Granted, they were juniors and seniors in high school, so that was only a few years away. A few years go by, and the girl who got 19 as the age of death was killed by a car while walking on a beach while on spring break. Her friend she was with broke her leg or something. Anyways, she was 19, just one week away from turning 20. The nature of the death and the fact that she was so close to her 20th birthday make it so scary because she was so close to defying the Ouija board. Never, ever doing it, needless to say. Too terrified to get an answer like that. Okay, so I have to tell a story that my mom told me a while back. It was her experience with a Ouija board, and my mom wouldn't make something like this up. The whole reason she even told me about it was because I brought up the idea of using one to contact the younger brother who passed away. Anyway, her story freaked me out enough to never, ever use one. Back when she was in high school, late one night, her and a group of friends were cruising around on gravel roads a few miles outside of town. I live in a very small town in Iowa. And they stopped at an old abandoned barn and decided to whip out an old Ouija board one of her friends had. My mom had a really bad feeling right off the bat and said she wasn't going to do it. Well, everyone kept calling her a sissy and saying it won't work unless everyone who was there plays. So, my mom was convinced, but on one condition. She'd play if they didn't ask sketchy questions. Some of the guys laughed it off and made the promise not to. So, they all gathered around on the floor of the barn and placed their hands on the slider of the board. They asked some basic questions about, is there anyone here? What's your name? You know, things like that. No response. Then, a guy named Terry asked, which one of us will be the first one to die? And my mom pulled her hands off the board and said, that's not funny. 
She was super pissed and everyone screamed at her to put her hands back on the board. As soon as she put her hands back on, the piece moved and spelled out the initials of a boy who was there. CJ. I can't remember his last name. And he has a twin. His twin was also present, and not that it matters. After this, they said goodbye because they were all freaked, and my mom was pissed, and everyone was blaming each other for moving the piece on the board. So, anyway. They all went home and basically forgot about the whole thing. Years later... That CJ was out driving on a gravel road when he ended up crashing into a ditch and dying. The first one out of everyone there. And the creepy thing is that when the police were done investigating the crash, they said the tire flew off because somebody purposefully loosened the lug nuts on the tire. So, Ever since she told me that story, I've been too scared to try using the board. I've gone back and forth on the idea of posting this story somewhere for such a long time. But I feel like I'm ready to tell my story. I still have my reservations, though. Will people ask questions I don't have the answers to? Does it feature cliches that will make people question the truth of my experience as I've described it? Is this really the best form for it? In any case, I'm just going to go for it. I'm kind of looking for answers, I guess. But I barely even consider myself a member of the paranormal realm. When I was younger, I lived in a haunted house. No, seriously, I did. But it's been a while. I just want to share this and see what people make of it. I get the impression that you might be more experienced in this than I am. Okay, so several years ago, I was doing my undergrad studies at a large university in Pennsylvania. This even happened in 2005, maybe 2006. I was dating a girl... Let's call her Erin. At the time, who was big into New Age ideas, paganism, magic, and the like, and I did learn some cool ideas from her. Eventually, I met some of her like-minded friends, and in our conversations, it came up that one of the rooms in the oldest building on campus caused two of them, a guy and a girl who were dating, to experience a lot of psychic distress. Kyle had gotten nosebleeds in the classroom, and Julie had grew disoriented or frightened when she was there. Someone in our group had the bright idea to sneak up there one night, and of course, we all went for it. It was me, Kyle, Julie, Aaron, a medium named Audria, her friend Sharon, and another girl named Keisha. Sharon and Keisha, like me, had had a lot of supernatural experiences in the past, but didn't consider themselves mediums or sensitives or anything. So one night, we bought a novelty Ouija board from Walmart, a glow-in-the-dark one because why not, and started doing our thing. At first, the planchette didn't do anything, but then it started twitching, and eventually... It was whipping around, choosing letters that made no sense to any of us afterwards. Kyle was writing the letters down. Then, out of nowhere, Audria started many convulsions. I don't know how else to describe it. Her eyes rolled up, and she started spasming and making these horrific pig noises. Not just snorting or squealing, but belting those noises out like I never thought a human would be able to. She started crawling her way to the door. The planchette was going crazy, and when Kyle jumped at her to keep her from heading towards the stairs, which were directly across the hall, I think, we all kind of snapped out of it. 
Audria was a small, slim girl, but it took three or four of us to keep her from leaving the room. And all the while, there were still horrible noises coming from her. And we all had this incredible sense of danger or foreboding. There wasn't a terrible smell or anything like you read about sometimes, but it was truly terrifying. Not to be anticlimactic here, but after that, we packed everything up, went back to my crappy apartment over a crappy pizza shop, and stayed huddled together for quite a while that night. I swear, I threw out the Ouija board. But years later, I would find it under my bed at my parents' house when I was packing up to move. I can't swear a 100% to throwing it out, but I also can't imagine why I would have held on to it, brought it home, and stowed it under my bed. Seriously, any thoughts or similar experiences or general comments would be great. I'm sorry if this is the wrong venue for this story, though. I'm just looking for some answers and possibly some closure. This was all last summer, so around a year ago. I was in rehab and decided to make a Ouija board, and me and my three roommates there had all agreed we would try it out. We were all very skeptical, mostly leaning towards the side of disbelief, but still open. It was a full moon that night. We started by all holding hands in a circle around the board and saying that we were open to any spirits willing to talk, and I guess just putting that energy out there. Then, we took the planchette and moved it around the board in circles a couple of times. We were in rehab with no access to the internet, so kind of just doing what we felt was right, not sure on proper procedure. When we were all moving it, our hands were heavy in the board, and you could feel it being dragged. I will admit, I tried moving it on my own as well in the beginning to just mess with my friends, but again, the planchette feels like it was being dragged. But then I stopped and began to take it seriously. And when it was actually moving, it's hard to explain, but there was an entirely different energy to it. It glides across the board like butter. The board and planchette were made from cardboard, by the way. We were all so freaked out. Sometimes a couple of us would take our hands off or we'd tell another girl to move her hand and it would still keep going. It spells one of the girl's name out. We'll call her Sally. Her name is a very unusual name. We asked who was contacting us. It said sister. Sally had a little sister that died under her care when they were little. Sally's scared. She asks, what is your name? It spells F-L-O-R. I'm thinking maybe it's trying to say Florida, but stopped. But at this point, Sally is shaking and in tears. Her sister's name was Floor. None of us knew that. After that, I think we contacted another spirit that said it was a female and had been shot and maybe another one, but I can't recall. It's crazy because the energies felt different, like how it glides across the board. So now, we're all total believers. It's maybe the next night or two nights after me and one of my roommates decided to play. I think we contacted a spirit similar to last time when all of a sudden, the vibes completely change. It spells out my name. I'm like, oh no. And my name is also a super unique name. And even though I believe in this now, that's the last thing I wanted to happen, was something to address me directly. The planchette starts zooming back and forth, back and forth, so quickly, spelling A-Z-A-Z-A-Z-A-Z-A-Z, over and over. 
basically flying out of our hands almost. We're kind of scared, and no matter what we ask it, it keeps repeating the same letters, A and Z, over and over. So we get super spooked and stop playing. The next night, we try again. Start like usual, putting forth our intentions, doing circles, and asking how many spirits were with us. My name was spelled again. I asked who it was. It said, Father. My friend asked me if my dad was dead. I said, No, what the hell? We asked what it wanted. And dude, it spelled out painful, then went back to doing the A-Z-A-Z-A-Z-A-Z thing. Decided it wasn't going anywhere, so we said goodbye and put it away. We tried one more night, but it was the same spirit messing with us, with the same letters, over and over. So, we didn't do it again. The whole experience was so insane to me. I kept a journal of all this when it happened. So if I went and I looked, I could give all the exacts. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Strange things have been happening in our little two-bed flat, and we were hoping to gain perhaps some insight, or maybe a different perspective on our experiences. So, for starters, I am a practicing pagan, and have been most of my life. I am no stranger to the paranormal. I regularly sage our home, or bless it with burning incense. We frequently have windows open, allowing a through breeze to whisk away any negative energy. I have a lot of experience with Ouija's and seances. What I'm trying to say is, I'm not new to this kind of thing, but I'll be damned if it's not freaking me out. I moved into the flat on the 14th of December of 2018. When we came to view the flat, I immediately felt a positive energy. It was like I belonged there, with my little one. The energy remained positive for the longest of time, and little things happened. For example, I'd put my phone down in the living room, pop to check in on my daughter, come back, and my phone would be nowhere to be found. I would spend the next 10 to 15 minutes searching for it everywhere, to no avail. Then I'd go back to where I had left it and, you guessed it, there it would be. Now, of course this could be put down to simple absent-mindedness on my part, but after it happening not only to me, but also my fiancé and friends who regularly visited, I'm inclined to believe it's something a bit more. I own a Ouija board, just a cheap little thing. I store the board in the living room, currently on the bookshelf and the planchette in the kitchen with my other witchy bits. It would frequently fall off the bookshelf or the fireplace or the TV shelf, regardless of how it was placed. And for this, I have no logical explanation. One night, after my fiancé had moved in, our daughter was at her dad's for the weekend and my mom was over for dinner and we did a seance. My mom and I conducted and participated in many seances over the years. So we're not just kids messing about. I cannot stress this enough. We were slow to start. The energy was low, but we soon had something come through. But it was sluggish and easily confused. 
who was finally able to tell us that it was not alone and that something was stopping it from communicating with us. Whatever was stopping it came through stronger and started asking us to lend it our souls. Nope. After a while, without much more contact, we closed the seance and I staged the ever-living shit out of the flat, just to be safe. And at first, it seemed to have worked. Until a couple of weeks ago, when lockdown started. Our little girl frequently gets into bed with us. She's three and we co-slept until we moved in here, when she was nearly two. We have times where she spends most of the night in her bed, but since lockdown started, she wakes up two to three times at night and gets into bed with us. Her room is right next door. There is light from the bathroom so it's not too dark and she has never had a problem walking from her room to ours, often without us even realizing she got into bed with us. The bedroom doors do not slam. The carpet is too thick at the bottom, and they're fire doors, with a chain that causes them to close slowly. We have tried to slam the door to our bedroom. It doesn't slam. This is important. Another important tidbit. My fiancé sleeps like the dead. She never wakes up to our daughter at night. But a couple of weeks into lockdown... My fiancé woke up to our daughter crying and what sounded like a little person's footsteps on the laminate flooring in the hall, but wasn't fully awake until our bedroom door slammed. She got out of bed to see where little one had gone, and she was in a room as far away from the bedroom door as she could possibly be. When the little one saw my fiancé, she shouted that she wanted mummy and ran right past her and straight into our room, into bed with me. She has no history of sleepwalking. The next morning, we talked about what had happened. I had very uncharacteristically slept through the whole thing, up until little getting into bed with me. It's important to note that I have always done every night wake up. I wasn't especially tired. There is no reason for me not to have woken up like normal, and yet I slept through it. We came to the conclusion that, firstly, the door should not have slammed, particularly if Little Bit had pushed it open, slightly, to get into bed with us. Secondly, why did she run out of the room, instead of just getting into bed with us as normal? And thirdly, why was she cowering in the corner of her bedroom? Another important tidbit. Our daughter and my fiancé have a wonderful relationship and has zero reason to fear either of us. She is never reprimanded for getting into bed with us or waking us up. Very creepy shit. And it gets spookier. Later that day, we were all sitting in the living room, and our daughter's phone, used for Paw Patrol and kids' puzzles, that was on the fireplace, fell rather violently, without any rhyme or reason. We were all sitting down. Daughter wasn't jumping about. Our neighbors weren't banging on the wall. There is no reason for her phone to have fallen. There have been times where the living room door which stays open when pushed all the way, has randomly slammed with no breeze or anything that might have caused it to close. And then tonight, Little Bit woke up. I went in to soothe her back to sleep. She had kicked her covers off, so I pulled them back over her. Then she woke up again, talking about a monster under her bed and asking me if she was safe in her own bed. She has a mid-sleeper, so there's space under her bed, but she has never worried about monsters being under there. Just wanted to share our story and maybe gain some outside perspective on it. We'll keep this updated if anything else happens, but I cleansed the flat today, so I'm hoping that does the trick. If you have any suggestions, we are open to all of them.
When I was in my senior year in high school, one of my friends had a Ouija board that we would play with often. One night, we decided to play the Ouija board at the cemetery because we wanted to see what would happen. We believed in the paranormal to some extent, but we were also very skeptical. We just wanted to have a good time and hopefully get spooked. We specifically liked the cemetery because it was the easiest to sneak into. Its fence was a very short wall that you could just hop over. There were recently dug places for new burials that were going to happen. We played a couple times and spoke to some ghosts. Nothing really scary or weird. We asked them if they were alone when they died, what's their name, etc. While playing, we started scenting this really awful smell, like rotten eggs and dead animals. We looked around and we assumed it was just the holes that were dug up. We eventually left because we got bored and the smell was gross. When we got in the car, we shook our shoes off and started to sanitize our hands. The smell suddenly appeared out of nowhere really strong. It smelled like death. We kept putting hand sanitizer on our hands, and when we would sniff them, it still smelled like death. After realizing that the smell would not leave our hands, we all got this sudden chill and we started screaming. We were screaming inside my friend's car like little girls from a high school horror movie. We finally calmed down and my friend turned the engine and we bolted out of there. We eventually started laughing because the whole ordeal was pretty funny and we got what we wanted. But I will never forget that awful smell and how it would not leave us. And we all said and made a promise we would never ever go back into that cemetery again. Try to contact paranormal entities and some not so fun things happened. So... This is the time my friends and I decided to be extra dumb, and I say this because I wanted all who read this to understand that I, as well as my friends, now fully understand how dumb we really were. The important backstory for this is the location. Proctor Valley. Proctor Valley is in San Diego County and connects the towns of Ote and Jamul. It is a protected wildlife area, so no houses, no businesses, no buildings. It is situated behind a prominent mountain with hilly ridges boxing in the valley. It is said that this valley is a center for the unexplained. Stories range from lights in the sky, ghost cars, ladies in white, random screams, the usual stories that surround almost every isolated dirt road. The place is surrounded with rumors. It is, however, in actuality, a dangerous place. Being situated closely to the U.S. and Mexican border, it is a frequently used pathway for drug smuggling, and being it's an isolated dirt road on the outskirts of a major city, other, um... Things tend to go down there. You have your usual terrible things like sexual assault, carjackings, murders, lots of bad things. But one murder stands out. The apparent poisoning of a teenage girl in a blue floral dress. Never identified. Found barefoot on the side of the road. Okay, now to my experience. I had driven down the road late at night several times with friends for fun. The place has very few trees, let alone any large ones. But about midway down the road, there is a very large tree hanging halfway over the road. This tree has always given me a bad feeling, so I never felt comfortable stopping there to explore. However, this night I was determined. 
I once and for all had to know if this place had something weird going on. I wanted my own experience, and I wanted it badly. I had dug up my family's old Ouija board and studied for weeks on the proper use of the board. How to get the results you want, the whole shebang. We purchased the correct candles and found the most pure salt we could find, and we drove out to the road. This ended up being a bit of an event as about ten people showed up. Four of us used the Ouija board, two filmed, and four sat in lawn chairs. Once we all get ready, we began. I, being dumb and unoriginal, figured we should go straight to demon land and try to anger a demon and contact it. Which demon? Pazuzu. Again, I was dumb and unoriginal. Well, after we initially started, we heard what sounded like orchestral music being played. Being on a road, we figured it was another car driving down it in the distance and would wait for it to pass to continue because it would be a bit awkward if someone drove by and saw a bunch of people summoning demons. We waited 25 minutes and no car, no headlights, no noise besides the music. A bit confused, some scared, we continued. The planchette was moving, but based on the answers, someone had to be moving it. So, when a random twig snapped and everybody jumped out of fear, I just stayed with my fingers on the planchette. One person, the person moving the planchette, got too scared and opted out. So I and two others braved on. I did my best to anger whatever could be out there, and to my surprise... We got a response. There was no more music being played, and the piece was moving. I ask, Is anyone or anything here with us that would wish to communicate? And the piece moved to, Yes, in a slow, smooth way that honestly felt terrifying. It felt like it was being dragged across the board. Not like someone was pushing or sliding it, with the confirmation of something wishing to speak, I moved to the next question. Are you Pazuzu? Same feeling as the planchette moves. No. My heart sunk. I was thinking, okay, well, I got something biting. Let's see what it is. I see everyone is fixed on the board, eyes locked in. I ask probably the next logical thing most people would ask. Are you a good spirit? Then the two phones that were being used to film the event turn off. They then wouldn't turn back on and the planchette begins to move. It slides over to the letter G and we all let out a big phew. Everyone was relieved it was going to spell good. It then surprisingly moves to O. More confirmation to us it's spelling good. But then it stopped. Nothing. No movement at all for over five minutes. It was telling us to leave. I ask, Do you want us to go? And as I finish the question, my friend drops to her knees. She is screaming and crying. I move the planchette to goodbye. I say it, and I rush to her and ask what happened. She said someone was walking over to us and pointed down the road. I looked down, and all I saw was a cloud of dust roll off the road about 15 feet away. This was the most honest person I had ever known and decided right then and there we were leaving. She described the person walking towards us as having dark hair, long limbs, but no distinguishing facial features. They walked like a video game character glitching where their stride definitely didn't match the pace at which they were moving and their feet never seemingly touched the ground. When she looked at it, she said she felt every emotion she 
ever felt come over her. She equated it to the feeling of your family dying while you win the lottery on your wedding day. This was almost two years ago. Any of my friends still refuse to go out at night. I tried a year ago, and she just cried in the car the whole time, saying he's getting closer. Yes, she has been going to therapy for this specific incident. I don't know what she saw that night, but I personally don't want to find out. I have not returned to that road since. I hid away the board and it went missing six days later to the day, along with the candles and books. If you made it this way, thanks. This is a true story. I really wished it wasn't. I honestly don't know what happened that night. I don't really want to know, but there is something there. If you or anyone else you know knows what she saw that night, please let us know. This is going to be a long one, but I'll try to be in-depth as I possibly can and try to recount everything I've been told. But yeah, if anyone has any ideas or answers, please feel free to tell me. Just before I do start, I'd like to add that I've been heavily involved with paranormal experiences. I've seen spirits walk around. I know when some are present. I do use a pendulum, but a lot of the time I take precaution and make sure to cleanse and protect myself. So, outside of my town there is an old abandoned orphanage, plus a memorial for all the children that were abused and died, and five of us decided it would be a great idea to go out there and explore it. We scoped the place out during the day to find ways to get in and came back at night at around 11 to 11.30 p.m. We parked a few hundred meters down the road from it out of sight just in case of police and we start walking. We got close to the gate before one of my friends, CM, who is the biggest skeptic adrenaline junkie alive, stops dead in his tracks, turns around, and starts sprinting, telling us that he saw someone in front of him. We all start running back towards the car the entire time there's rustling from the bushes, like something was following us. We get in the car, I turn around, and just see three figures, clear as day, standing behind the car, watching us drive away two girls and one boy between the ages of 13 and 16. So we decided, screw that. Let's go up to the witch's grave. In hindsight, an awful idea, but we were all excited to go out and explore. I had my pendulum with us, and on the way up was communicating with a spirit that decided to follow us from the orphanage. Her name was Faith and she was absolutely lovely. Around this time, I started getting a massive headache, and my eyes were watering, but thought nothing of it. Started getting really tired and dissociated, and fell asleep, or at least I thought I went to sleep. I woke up, and it seemed like only five minutes had passed. we just reached the town with the grave, and one of the guys sitting beside me, we'll call him Jay, was saying how I was staring out the window the entire time, going into a burst of laughter. I sounded different, and my laugh was different. Anyway, we pull up to the witch's grave, and I swear that we saw someone walk past that grave. We made a Ouija board and wanted to communicate with spirits with it. I didn't want to get out of the car, and Jay didn't either so we sat in the car listening to music while the rest, CM, CB, and D, sat in front of the grave messing with the board. Music started doing all funky and weird, and the radio was acting up, and prior 
Everything was working perfectly. About 15 minutes passed, and Jay decides to get out to see how they're doing. He comes back and followed by everyone else, seeming a little freaked out. I asked what was wrong, and CM says that Jay was staring behind CM, said, He's right behind you. Turned around and went back to the car. Jay had no memory of this, but the rest of the guys backed CM up. The music stopped working, and we started driving back down the mountain. It got incredibly cold, even with the heater on. I started getting a massive headache behind my head and the back of my ears, which is apparently a sign of spiritual attachment. CB is driving D in the passenger seat. CM was right by the right window. Jay was in the middle, and I was by the left window seat. Jay started tearing up a bit and went silent before he just started laughing turned to me very slowly with the biggest grin on his face and just stared. I asked him what he was doing, and he never responded. A few minutes later, he was himself again. CB, a few minutes later, started spacing out really badly. We were using the pendulum, consolating and asking if there was any possible harm coming our way, and which is violently answered yes. We all yelled for CB to pull over. He was refusing, but eventually did. CM and CB swapped seats. I blacked out from there. From here on out, this is the guys filling me in on what happened. It was an entire hour. CM joked and said that they should use the Ouija board and see what it wants. Upon that... CB replied with, in the most polite and normal tone, Yes, we should. Keep in mind, that's also the only thing he said the entire time. And I agreed with him, despite being very against wanting to use the board before. Apparently, CM, J, and D all decided it would be the best option to get some sage and burn it to try and rid us of whatever was attached. I am the only one who owns sage. Keep that in mind. And upon hearing the mention of it, they said I burst out crying, apologizing and begging for them to not get it, saying that I didn't want to leave. Jay was freaking out, so him and Dee swapped seats. Dee's family is a line of white witches, so apparently he tried to bless both CB and myself, in which my response to that was violently pushing him off, thrashing about repeatedly, saying no, and very coldly and calmly saying, I don't like you. Dee is like one of my best mates. I have no hatred against him at all. J and CM do get the sage. Apparently, I let them in, flat out refused to touch the sage, stood very far away from it, got in the car, and headed towards the riverbank. CB was very pliant, but very slow to follow. They described him to be a zombie, and apparently, I was resisting, hesitating, crying, and refusing to follow them. So they practically dragged me along. As soon as the sage was lit, they told me that I bolted, got as far away from it as possible, tried to jump over the edge into the river. J and CM had to grab me and forcibly hold me and drag me in place. They said I was crying violently and saying sorry and don't do this and don't do that over and over. I wake up. I was on the ground, still being held with D waving the sage around to me. CB checked his phone, and the first thing he said was, It was only 1 a.m. two minutes ago. I felt confused and disoriented and tired. So the best course of action for us all was to go home and sleep it off. I stayed with CM and J for the night. Woke up the next day feeling like I had just drank two bottles of wine and went home. 
I still felt awful, so I went home. The headache behind my ears was still there. I felt cold despite having no fever. It was a warm day and night. I was wearing a hoodie. I was hearing knocking noises, footsteps outside of my door. I had bad heart pain. I was throwing up and my nose was bleeding very badly. My nose doesn't ever bleed. JNCM messaged me saying that something was wrong. Their mom was concerned about me and that they were coming to get me. So I went with them back to theirs, explained to Jay's mom and dad what happened. Jay's dad, who doesn't really believe in this kind of stuff, but both of them have had paranormal experiences before, told me to get inside and stand on the grass barefoot to ground myself. That kind of worked. CM and I also turned around the stair at the gate because we both heard and saw something and Jay's mom later confirmed and said she saw something too. Ever since then, I see and hear things a hundred times more than I used to. To this day, I carry obsidian with me at all times. So, I'm extremely skeptical about the paranormal, and this experience kind of blew my mind, so I thought I'd share it. I used to live in a building that had eight separate flats in it. I didn't interact with the other people in the building, except for the guy who lived next door to me, one of the nicest guys I've ever met, and the guy who lived directly below me. I immediately noticed when I moved in that the guy below me was the opposite of a considerate neighbor. He blasted music at all hours of the night, sometimes for 24 hours straight. Honestly though, I could sleep through a hurricane and it genuinely didn't bother me that much, except for the fact that it was super rude. Anyway, I opted to keep the peace and not mention it. The guy who lived next door to me, Gary, approached me one day asking if I was okay about the guy below me playing his music so loud, because even Gary could hear it in his flat. I told him I wasn't too bothered by it, and Gary said he was relieved because he didn't want me confronting the guy on my own. I'm a 20-year-old girl, and Gary is about 50, so I think he was just looking out for me. I asked why, and he said that he'd met the guy years beforehand through work, and he'd introduced himself as John. But then he moved into the flat. He introduced himself as Wes. Gary had gone back to one of the other guys who worked with him to double-check, and he said he'd switch between the two personalities regularly, so he obviously had some form of personality disorder. I'm hardly an expert on stuff like that, but I'd hear Wes. That's the name my boyfriend and I ended up using to refer to him. Yelling quite a lot, and I wondered if maybe he played the music to drown voices out or something. I might be way off the mark. Like I said, I'm not an expert. Anyway, one day, I find a note taped to my door. Stop your constant banging. I can't sleep. You can tell from the handwriting that it's been scrawled out in a fury. Now, I work 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., and when I get home, I pretty much sat on my sofa all night long. Obviously, I made tea and went to the bathroom, too, but I definitely wasn't constantly banging. Anyway... Wes took it upon himself to start banging on his roof, which is my floor, whenever he felt I was being too loud, and that's how I know it wasn't me, because he'd bang at the most random times when I hadn't moved from the sofa for over an hour or sometimes at like 4 a.m. when I'd been in bed for hours. My boyfriend knocked on his door a few times, but he never answered. This is where it gets creepy. 
I don't necessarily believe in ghosts, to be completely honest, so I never thought much of the weird noises I heard in that flat. I was living in a building with seven other people, after all. In hindsight, my boyfriend said some weird things in his sleep, but he sleep-talks random nonsense regularly anyway. Despite me not believing in ghosts, I do find it super interesting, and I have a Ouija board which I occasionally try out. One night, my boyfriend and I decided to use it. We'd already used it once before in that flat, but nothing happened. This time, however... It did. Mostly, it was moving to random letters that made no sense. But I was still feeling a weird vibe. The candles kept flickering, which I know sounds weak, but I just had a really weird feeling about the situation for some reason. Anyway, the board says F-I-N-D-M-E. So naturally, I ask, Uh, where are you? And it says, W-E-S-H-I-D-B-O-D-Y. Like an absolute idiot, I read that as we should body, and hastily concluded that the board was talking nonsense, said goodbye and turned the lights on. To be completely honest, I was getting really freaked out. I thought I could hear things moving and I didn't want my boyfriend to see how creeped out I was because he believes in ghosts and I'm always super skeptical about it. Only afterwards, after I sat on the sofa, did I realize it had actually been saying, Wes hid body. When the realization hit me, I told my boyfriend whose reaction was, Oh, I see very funny. Nice try. To this day, he thinks I was pushing the board and played dumb to make it seem realistic, but I wasn't. Out of curiosity, I tried to look up local murders or disappearances, but I couldn't find anything. I also can't find any social media for Wes or anything of interest about him online. I managed to find out his real name, though. I still don't know what happened or why the board said that. I'm convinced there's a logical explanation. Subconscious movements, maybe? But it freaked me the hell out. On a side note, how fuming would that ghost have been at me sitting there saying, we should body? That makes no sense. I moved out of that flat a couple of months ago. Not gonna lie, I've not used the Ouija board since then. I've lived in a few haunted houses growing up, and I used to play a lot of Ouija. I grew up with a mother who was totally into anything paranormal, so naturally it rubbed off on me. I'll share an experience I had when I was 18. One place we lived in was more of a cottage than a house. I was out in the country down a long dirt driveway, and it was like a main section of house with two bedrooms my room and my sister's room. Then it had two additional rooms added on, one on the side, brother's room, and one on the back of the house, mom's room. One night, my sister and I were playing with our homemade Ouija. We cut out every letter of the alphabet and arranged them in order and wrote yes, no, hello, and goodbye, and would use a shot glass as our planchette and we made contact with a ghost who identified itself as Fred. I was using a pencil to jot down all the letters the glass was pointing to, when all of a sudden the pencil was just gone. Checked under the table and around the kitchen where we were sitting, and have it moved from since we started. So I decided to ask the Ouija where the pencil was, and it responded by saying it's in my mom's room. Now, I was always afraid of her room. It always felt like something was watching you from the doorway, which was actually just at the end of the hall that was connected to the kitchen where we were sitting. 
Then the Ouija spelled out, go get it. I'm like, oh hell no, I'm not going in there. Then it kept spelling out, go, go, go. I asked why it wanted me to go in there so badly, and it spelled something along the lines of, because I want to kill you. I didn't want to look like a wimp, so I said, well, if you kill me, then you'll be stuck with me in the afterlife, and I will mess with you for all of eternity, which is basically a provocation. Something you should never do with spirits unless you want some kind of backlash, which I got. Not so sure Fred liked that because we couldn't get the Ouija to talk to us after that. The next morning, everyone left to go about their daily business, and I was at the windows, like half in a dream but half aware of my surroundings. I could hear two people talking about blankets. I thought it was my mom and sister. I heard them say, Take the blankets, he's sleeping. Then I felt my blankets get pulled off of me, which totally woke me up. I opened my eyes and realized I couldn't move. I was stuck in sleep paralysis. I could no longer hear the voices. All I could do was move my eyes. I tried to scream and couldn't. Then, out of the corner of my eye, I saw something glowing. I moved my eyes to where I saw it, and there was this big, round, pale white face floating beside my bed, staring at me. I was so scared I felt a tear come out of my eye. It was there, staring at me while I stared back at it in terror for at least ten seconds. All the while, I'm still freaking paralyzed. Then its black eyes just blinked and it floated up into the corner of my room and just disappeared. The second it was gone, I regained all of my motor functions and I snapped out of my bed and just ran outside to get out of the house, of course. A couple days later, I was up late watching TV in the living room, which was attached to my room, my brother's room, and my sister's room which all had doors on opposite sides of the walls of the living room, while my mom was in her room sleeping and my siblings were all gone out. I'm just sitting there, a little on edge, because the house was extra scary after that first experience. Then, next thing you know, I hear this loud crash, bang, boom, come from my sister's room which was right beside the chair I was sitting in. I jump up and scream and run to the middle of the living room. I stare at my sister's door, half expecting it to open and some wild animal come barging through and attack me. But nothing happened. Not five seconds later, I hear the same kind of crash, bang, boom, come from my brother's room. I ran to my mom's room to wake her up so I can make her check what the hell was making all these banging sounds in the rooms. Not my proudest moment. I stood behind her while she first opened my sister's door, and I was thinking maybe a raccoon or something had gotten in there. We look inside and realize that a few of the ceiling tiles were torn out from different sections of the ceiling and laying around her room, one on the bed and two on the floor, all about five feet from one another. I'm like, okay, it's an old crappy house. Maybe an animal was up there and knocked them down somehow. I go, okay, so what happened in my brother's room then? We go look, and his ceiling was also on the floor. His ceiling was made up of insulation and plywood that was screwed into the roof studs. The plywood somehow became detached and fell down. Now, what are the odds of two different sections of that house that were not attached to each other in any way made up of two different building materials on a rainless summer night having their ceilings fall down? What other explanation 
could there be other than me thinking I'm being a badass by calling on a ghost and within the next few days having these strange events happening? So, I warn anyone who thinks they're tough or brave or whatever, do not tell a creepy ghost named Fred who said he wants to kill you that you met on a Ouija board you were playing in the creepy-ass house you live in out in the boonies that you're going to mess with him for all of eternity. Or you just might end up regretting it like I did. And that, dear listeners, brings a close to these true Ouija board stories.